Welcome to Red Pill University. I'm your host, Joe. I'm here with Mike and our special guest, DTC. What's up, DTC? Hello, guys. So uh, we uh, did a little prep work for you, so tonight's going to be a good one. We've been beating around the bush on this subject for quite some time. We've kind of weaved it into other videos, but we've never really focused on it, I think, the way we should have earlier on. Uh, So tonight it's all about the pedestal, putting women on a pedestal, uh, one-itis. And a lot of guys, you know, they think they've uh, found themselves a, uh, a uh, you know, Very the unicorn, lady. right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, in reality, all they're doing is putting women on a pedestal. And it's not good for anybody when you do this. So, but now that we've kind of talked about what we're going to cover, let's go ahead and define some terms. All right. So we're going to cover... You know, the one-itis, the unicorn, pedalization, what causes it, and how to fix it. Anything uh, you guys have to say leading up into this? Uh, let's get right into it. All right. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I didn't have any comments. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, DTC. No, I'll continue. I'm just fucking with you. Right. Just go ahead. Well, I, before we even get into this, let's just remind everybody that, you know, if you like this kind of content, the show, make sure you hit the like button. It helps out with the YouTube algorithm immensely. The best uh, the best feedback we get is from you, the community. Comments, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. You guys know what to do. Yep. All right. So now that that's over with, the pedestal. Defining one-itis. At its fundamental level, it's an unhealthy obsession with one person. And this doesn't matter it doesn't i don't care if you're gay straight whatever male female uh you know if you identify as a banana peel i don't care the same thing is true it's an unhealthy obsession all right when you think of a girl is a uh, when you think a girl is different or special she wouldn't cheat because blah 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 uh dtc this was actually one of your bullet points you want to talk about this yeah i mean essentially that person defines who you are and you're happy like everything about you is defined by them which as we were talking about before it's you know in the pre-show like it was it's part of codependency really when you get obsessed with someone and they they define your worth that's a piece of codependency and that obsession leads you to just uh typically loathing yourself because when you care so much about another person's opinion specifically a woman it causes her to actually loathe you and see you as like this gross little kid and they're so unattracted to you that it causes so many problems because now you're getting a negative feedback loop from someone that you're obsessed with and you want to love you and you want her to want to have sex with you and in in turn she's actually repulsed by you yep yep that's i think you you really explained that well uh for the last bullet which is when you are under the belief that she is the one and you get hung up on her due to emotional detach, uh, emotional attachment or worse, codependency. Um, that's certainly a piece of the one-itis. And just to go back to the second bullet for a second here, when you finding your, when you find yourself saying, oh, she's not like all the other girls I've dated, and you are specifically justifying that view or essentially defending somebody's character, characteristic ideals, um, and sort of glossing over any you know, legitimate character flaws that, you know, if they're doing something unhealthy for them or certainly unhealthy for you, if you're glossing over that stuff, especially when you're talking to other people about them, uh, maybe a friend, maybe a family member, uh, as you're describing, you know, this girl that you're you're interested in, uh, that's a pretty solid red flag that you've got an unhealthy fixation or obsession with that person. And to be fair to one-itis typically happens on the beginning end of a relationship. So when you first meet a girl and you idealize her as this special person and you think that she's different than other girls and all the drugs that your body's producing are essentially telling you a whole bunch of lies and you end up with one-itis. And then also one-itis happens at the end of a relationship when you break up with her and you're like, how am I going to ever replace this girl? She was the greatest thing ever and you get obsessed. Mm -hmm. And I think that is a good segue into the next slide. The unicorn, viewing her as perfect without fault. Uh, Alternatively, you're ascribing these qualities to her that are not based in reality. And when you put a woman on a pedestal, you're going to freak them out if you haven't already figured this out. So it's something that she can never live up to. And it's just, it's not a good thing to do in general. It just causes a lot of problems. 
So, and it's, like it's, DTG was just saying, it's going to put oh, put her under a lot of pressure. Yeah, ultimately, women don't want to be responsible for the relationship, and they don't want to be in charge. And when you pedestalize a woman, essentially, you're you're asking her to lead. You know, you're putting her into a leadership role by being like, "I'm looking up to you. Can you fulfill the things that I need?" And that's ultimately a massive turnoff. And also, when you're first meeting a woman and you're gaming her, if you treat her as special and different she's going to have an, an advantage over you and she's going to feel that. Whereas if you treat her as just a normal girl and this is you know, not your first time at the rodeo, you've done this before, you've been with hot girls and you treat her like a normal girl who burps and farts, then she's going to be more attracted to you. Yep. Yeah, it just, it clears the air of the unrealistic expectations. That's what it comes down to. And then yep. if you, uh, Mike, did you have anything to add? Yeah, it was just from an attraction standpoint, just to, to underline what TTC is saying, uh, written talked about this on a past uh, episode. I don't know if it's After Dark or the RPU uh, episode, but he said he tied it back to hypergamy. And hypergamy is not like a woman always wants to go out and, and bang somebody else 24 7 all the time. It's that she has to be able to look up to you. And so if you are looking up to her, she's, lit she's literally going to be repelled by that uh, because that's the opposite dynamic that, that women are attracted to. They're repelled mm -hmm. by that, and they're they're more likely to just go search out somebody else and disconnect from you. Uh, before we move on to the next slide, Saran made a good comment right here. Stop pedestalizing them. There's three to four billion near identical to her. If you run the numbers, all right, just pure math. If the woman of your dreams is one in a million, there's over three thousand of them on Earth at any given point in time. Not just that. Yeah. On the planet. This whole idea of the one is imagine if uh, let, let's just as an exercise, as a thought exercise for a second, let's imagine that everybody does have a soulmate and there's only one person you're destined to be with. How, first of all, how is it likely that you guys are born at this on the same time frame? Like my soulmate could have been somebody in the 1860s for all I know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Not, but secondly, let's, yeah. let's assume that we're all cosmically, it's, there's this coincidence. We're all born at the same time. If one person, picks the wrong person that's not their soulmate, they're also taking away somebody else's soulmate, and it's just a chain reaction throughout history that nobody gets, nobody ever gets paired up with the person that they're meant to be with. It doesn't make any sense at all. Yep. And don't forget, now, it is possible that you found yourself a, a unicorn, but if you did, it's not what you thought. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, this is the the crazy hot yeah. matrix. Like, there's no there's no women that are under a four level of crazy. Yeah, I I, I still the video is hilarious. If you guys <laughs> haven't seen it, I don't think I added the link to the uh, video in the description. If not, I'll have to add it later. It's a good one to watch. Um, I I don't know if it was inspired by uh, Barney from uh, How I Met Your Mother or the writers were inspired by this guy. Either way, it's a good video to watch. It's it's really funny. Uh, but yeah, getting back to the topics here. So, do you uh, what causes one itis? Actually, before we move on to the next one, well, DTC uh, hit on the first one, the brain chemistry. Mm -hmm. You want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So when when you when you first get involved with a woman, I mean, this has happened to me with literally every girl that I, I started sleeping with in the past, you know, year. I always feel this insane amount of attraction and desire. I think about them much more often than girls who are just as hot as them, who I could still be sleeping with that I've been with for a month. And your brain does some really weird stuff when you first meet a girl and it dumps a lot of chemicals out that cause you to bond, especially if you're having sex with a girl and you're looking her in the eyes and you're cuddling and you're doing all that stuff, you can create a lot of connection due just to the, you know, the drugs that get dumped. And it's, uh, what, what's the bonding one? I just totally blanked on it. Uh, dopamine? No, not dopamine. It's the one when you cut, it's, you get it with your children, even when you lock is eyes. With oxytocin, them. I think. Oxytocin. oxytocin. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. The bonding agent in that is really powerful. And so that's one of the things that you can encounter is that you're feeling this fake attraction essentially, because your body wants you to pair with this person and biologically reproduce. So it creates yeah. a strong connection that you won't leave. And so in the beginning month, I mean, oftentimes you'll hear it called the honeymoon phase. Everything's wonderful. Mm -hmm. You don't see any negatives in that person. And, you're, and you start to idealize. And I, because of my brain chemistry and the way that I do things, I do this with people probably more often. But when I first meet someone, my brain starts going, okay, 
Do they check your boxes? Do they fit where you need them to be? And I start deciding whether or not they could be quote unquote, the one, which, you know, for me is just someone that I can be with for a short period of time, but still someone who checks those boxes for me, whereas someone else, they're not thinking about that consciously, but their brain is doing it. Everyone who gets into a relationship or has sex with someone is starting to mentally run through that list and check off. And if those boxes get checked initially, you can all of a sudden get swept up in these emotions of maybe I found the one. It's like job hunting. You find this job posting that's got your boner hard and it's like, oh, this is the one. You get so excited for it and then it doesn't work out and you get devastated. It's the same thing. A note on the uh, the honeymoon phase. So it's going to vary for everyone based on you know physical uh, differences. The, the whole gist of it is about six months. Six months on average tends to be the, uh, the honeymoon phase. The real relationship doesn't begin until all that shit wears off. And here's the other factor too. Long distance relationships can greatly modify the honeymoon phase. If you don't have that physical contact that you normally would, if you're in close proximity, then it's just going to delay that. And uh, it'll take longer for the stuff to kind of bubble up where you start getting annoyed by things. The honeymoon phase, just it lasts longer with an LTR or LDR. Thoughts on that? Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Uh, one of the girls that I'm with lives, you know, hour and a half away. So I only see her once a week, maybe twice. So that creates that same thing where our honeymoon phase is lasting forever. Yeah. And, you know, it's been over a year now. I think we're still in that phase. So it's elongated quite a bit. So I remember I asked Ritten when I first started, I was like, how long does this last? And then when do I need to start worrying about stuff getting nuclear and being really concerned about it ending? Mm-hmm. I mean, my relationship is different. I'm keeping it for very different reasons. But I don't really care about the person. It's more about the relationship that I have. But I was concerned about it ending in the beginning, not for one-itis reasons. But uh, he's like, yeah, it's probably going to be like a year, year and a half, you know, before things really start to settle and the fights start happening. Yep. That's I hit my on experience another, as well. I want to hit on another word that you brought up, DTC, which is forever. A lot of one-itis is connected to the person that I'm going to be with forever. And I, I think people overlook, especially if you're a younger person. Uh, maybe, you know, if you're a teenager watching this, this, you, you probably don't have the life experience to relate to this, but if you're an older guy, you, you look back and realize that people have come in and out of your life. And that's a very natural thing. Like friendships end and they can end on good terms. Uh, and, you know, family members, you even, you know, you can have a falling out with them. Uh, but people, you know, by and large will move in and out of your life. That's a very natural thing. So to expect a romantic relationship to just last forever, I, I mean, I think that you know, who knows what the statistics were on how long marriages last nowadays as opposed to how long they used to last. But um, it, it's it's kind of an unrealistic ideal. And I'm not I'm not saying don't don't look for somebody that you could potentially spend the rest of your life with or, or have that as a is this possible and is that worth exploring? I'm just saying that uh, if you are if you are thinking of this, I, I'm always going to love this person. I'm I can't see myself ever changing my mind. Well, I, I'm sure that there's things that that person will do that's going to disavow you of that idea, potentially. Yeah, and I can speak to that directly because I had this belief system that when I got married at 22, that I was going to be married forever and nothing, you know, unless I caught her cheating specifically, like walked in on it type of deal, nothing is going to separate us because of my religious beliefs and my system of thinking that I had back then which really, really fucked me. It locked me into a system that I couldn't really get out of. Even though I was extremely unhappy, I felt this guilt and this weight that I had to say. So my oneitis was caused in a lot of different ways. And it wasn't just the feelings and the emotions. That was the initial. But then what kept me was the social pressures and also having a family with children. You know, you can't leave them. You're a bad person if you do. Mm-hmm. All that uh, guilt and shame that gets wrapped up in that. Oh yeah, my my ex-wife was the same, and I don't I don't want to derail it too much, but essentially, I I never thought she would be capable of cheating on me. Guess what? Boy, was I wrong. Um, well, hello, mom and dad. If you didn't know that, guess what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Now they know. Yeah, it's what it, no, I'm sure they're yeah. well aware. <laughs> and I think this kind of dovetails into the next bullet point for those that are listening in the podcast. What causes oneitis? You know, we just covered brain chemistry. Another big part of that is a lack of abundance, often by, often caused by a lack of life experience. Oh yeah, it's that simple. So, and we talked about before. You know, uh, competence builds confidence. If you don't have a lot of life experience to go out there and and know what is a good quality, a red flag, a green flag, and all this stuff, 
you just got to put yourself out there and take risks. Don't do anything yeah. stupid, but you know, you got to accumulate some experience. We've talked about this in prior episodes. I go back to the job search analogy because that is uh, essentially like uh, dating someone, but it's you're dating a company. You're going through a series of interviews to be like, do you like me? Are we a good fit? And if you can't go out and passionately interview and be good at it and not be afraid of finding a new job, you're probably not going to be very good at finding women. Let's be honest. There's a direct correlation to going on an interview and crushing and going on a date and crushing. They're very similar. Mm-hmm. And Being if you have scarce- yourself, essentially. Yeah, you're selling yourself. You need to know about yourself and speak intelligently on it and actually be intelligent enough to respond on the fly and answer questions that you weren't prepared for. You know, you have to actually be an intelligent person. So if if you have that ability to go out and meet people and get to know them and make new connections on a consistent basis, you'll never need one-itis because you well, can we're just not go find about replace them. Yeah, we're not talking about sure. like in- intellect. We're talking about social intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, yeah. There's overlap, but there, there's generally separate skill sets i agree yeah but i to his point of i i actually agree with dtc on this in terms of you know being able to to answer ask and answer questions to be able to you know communicate meaning and evoke i mean obviously in in an interview you want to be evoking strong emotions you know positive feels Mm -hmm. and creating that um but but not to not to just continue to extend that metaphor, I think one of the pieces of advice that we're trying to give out here with the lack of abundance is you need to understand a little bit more about what women are like before you know you start to say, oh, this is the one because you've only you've only met two women that have been attracted to you. Like, mm-hmm. I, I doubt she's the one like out of a sample yeah. size of two guys. Come on. Um, so if you're, and I don't, I don't blame like teenagers, guys are in high school or anything like that for having those type of feelings. Cause I remember being that old too, but if you oh, get yeah. in your twenties and you're still dating and you are actually, uh, you're running into this problem, my advice to you would be, and I'm going to preempt all this, you know, other stuff at the end, but I think everybody should try and date, uh, more than one woman at once, at least one time. Yeah. Plate theory exists for a very good reason. And I would say that dating to get into a relationship isn't something guys should even think about doing until they're over 30, if not 35. It's going to vary based on your own individual uh, goals. But if you don't, yeah, I just the game has changed such that uh, the cost benefit, of, you know, just I don't see the need to settle down soon anymore. I'm getting older now, but it's if I had to do it all over again. I would not even think about having a serious relationship until the dating paradigm flip-flops in our mid-30s. Because then you're in control. I get that. How how do you define serious relationship? Does that mean like living together or or what? The traditional sense of a serious relationship. Maybe it's you and just her or you and, you know, maybe you got a three-way thing going on. relationship know. is what you're saying. But, but, but you generally, yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. If I was ever going to do that again, coming up in this day and age, I wouldn't do it until I'm even 30, 35. The game flip-flops completely as we, you know, cross that Rubicon. And yeah. when women start to hit the wall, guys start to hit the stride with uh, income, status, you know, all of that stuff kind of gels together. And guys, if you keep your, you know, stay in shape, Get a decent job, get a decent uh, social circle. You know, the world is then your oyster, the way it was for women in their early, uh, late teens, early twenties. I, I, the whole I, mean, thing I, I get that. I, I think that there's still some. I think that there's still a place for guys that want to raise a family and have kids at a young age, and then they come into you know their career and they're making more money. I think that can work out, mm-hmm. and I actually admire that. You know, uh, DTC's got kids, and I admire that he got to spend a lot of time with his kids when he was a younger, more energetic guy, right? Um, I, I know, I know guys that grew up and their dad was like in their fifties when they were you know, running around as a kid and just weren't, weren't able to keep up with them. So I can, I can kind of understand both sides of that, but it, it does, as Joe said, it just depends on your goals and what you're interested in doing. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there is something to be said about going hard mode early because it helps define you as a man later in life so when women look at me now as a you know a mid-30s dude i seem like a much older version than i should be like i seem to them like wow this guy is very mature he seems like an older person like my dad because i'm actually a dad and typically the 30 year olds they're dating or 35 year olds are still children they're just boys who can shave 
And so oh, there is something especially. to be said about yeah. um, building frame on hard mode. I've been building frame on hard mode for a long time. And there's something to be said about that, but I'm just saying for most people, I would not recommend that. You will probably crash and burn and you will mm -hmm. end up in a very, very bad position. It's not, they're, they're not good odds. I stumbled into something and made it work, but I would not recommend it. I just wouldn't. All right. I just wanted to give a shout out to uh, Cody. He's got the right word, oxytocin. Mm -hmm. And Tommy Pickles checking in. How you doing? <laughs> What's up, Tommy Pickles? What's up, Tommy Pickles, my man. Yeah. Rugrats reference. Always love a Rugrats yeah. reference. 90s babies. What's up? All right. So moving on. So we talked a little bit about the uh, the lack of abundance, the lack of life experience, the soulmate fallacy. Rolo's got a really good article on this called There Is No The One. Mm -hmm. Check it out. Links in the description. Uh, so this was what causes one-itis. Next up is do you have one-itis? So Mike, this you got some great stuff in here. Are you taking a binary approach? Yeah. It's buzzword Mikey here. We got some buzzwords going on. Oh yeah. I'm gonna full screen this. Yeah. Uh when 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 we did the ego video, we talked about how some people will just be they'll paint with too broad a brush and it'll be all or nothing, right? And this is exactly what this is. Um are you taking a binary approach? Meaning there's a in psychology terms, this is called splitting. And it's a defense mechanism. Basically, you can't wrap your head around the idea that there's all of this complexity to a person and there's this nuance and you can't figure out how women work and why they're attracted to you. And so you just, if you see good behavior, you're like, she's the Virgin Mary. She's just, she's just like my mom, which if you're looking for a mommy, that's even more messed up. Uh, but, you know, she's just got all of these very, you know, you'll give her all these ideals like, oh, she's she's so pure. She's so, you know, nobody's ruined her in terms of, you know, her personality or she hasn't. So I, I see this a lot with a lot of guys. They'll say like her her body count, her end count is so low, right? She's only slept with two guys or dated two guys. It's like, I, OK, all right, fine. I mean, I, I get your I get your point. But if if that is superimposed with oh, like you're also painting with a broad brush and saying, oh, these chicks are for the streets, man. Like if they've, if they've slept with seven or eight or 10 guys or whatever it is, uh, they're absolutely, they're whores. They're absolutely worthless. They're, they're not even worth, you know, considering them as a human being that it, it's just, people don't work that way. Right. It's not, it, it's not 50, 50, uh, half of the women are fantastic and half of the women are awful subhuman degenerates. It's just not how humans work. Um, some women are better than others, you know, a, a, admittedly, uh, some women are more worth your time, and uh, it, and that's not that's not one itis to say like, hey, this this person's actually something I don't hate spending my time with. That's not one itis. Just liking somebody's not one itis. But right. the other four bullet points here are questions you need to be asking yourself. Do you have an obsessive need for approval? Right? Can you look at yourself and just be happy with? You know what? I'm pretty comfortable with how I'm living my life, where I'm going. We talk about mission a lot, that stuff. Or do I always need to go turn in my homework? Right. If you're turning in your homework to your girlfriend or your wife, it's it's just a really bad sign. It's a really bad sign that you are consistently afraid she's going to abandon you, afraid she's going to be disappointed in you, afraid she's not going to be attracted to you, and afraid she's not going to be looking for approval. Goes back to what DTC said. Don't look up to women 100% of the time in 100% of the aspects of your relationship. This is really, a really, really bad business. And more guys yeah, do this really, than you realize. Go ahead. There's a really slam dunk way of knowing if you're doing this. And that's if you find yourself walking on eggshells. Oh, yeah. If you're in that situation, you're absolutely guilty of this. Check your, check your ego at the door. It is time to uh, make some hard decisions. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're uh, at home alone and your girlfriend or your wife comes in the door and you get nervous, you're already outside of your frame. It's a real, real, real bad situation. Um, along those same lines, are you? If you have a bad frame and you're unhappy with yourself and you got all kinds of bad stuff going wrong with you and you're expecting her or being in a relationship with one woman, any woman, to fix that. 
like, oh, I just need to, you know, I just need to find the right woman. Women do this all the time. I just need to find the right guy. And they have this missing piece fallacy. I call it the missing piece fallacy. It's like their whole life is complete, except for they have this one piece of the puzzle that they haven't got yet. And once they have that one piece of the puzzle, it'll be complete and they'll love the picture. They get to sit back and look at it and they'll love the way that their life is. And the reality is like relationships are work. They don't work like that. You don't just find somebody and then like, yay, everything's wonderful. Everything's perfect because you found them because they're in your life. It just relationships are a contact sport. Go ahead, Joe. I was going to say, if you're waiting for somebody else to fix your problems, you're doing it wrong. And that's really what this comes down to. Mm -hmm. So I I let you go because I'm going to back us up for a second and derail us for a moment. Uh, The whole binary approach thing when you're talking about Madonna horror complex and women having, having a high end count. I think it's actually better to have girls with a high end count. Like I'm going to be contrarian to most people because think about it. If you've been with a girl who's had sex with a hundred different dudes, number one, she knows how to have sex and you don't have to teach her. You don't have to train her. She's already really good at it. And you just give her a few hints and a couple of pro tips on you specifically to your biology and what you like and don't like. And you got yourself a well-trained slut right away. Uh, in addition to that, if you get with a girl who's been with over 100 guys and she says you're the best, imagine what that does for you because she's been through a bunch of dudes and she's like, you're amazing. I've had so much sex with so many different people. Only you can do or only. Yeah, you, you're the only person who can do to me what, what that you can. You know, you're special. You're different. So it gives you an opportunity to be different and special and have a comparison. Whereas girls who've never been with anyone, they can't do that. Yeah, I, I don't know about hmm. I don't know about banging a hundred people <laughs> but uh, overall i think i let me let me let me agree with you on this i think a lot of women especially ones that are like traditional christian or traditional conservative values they'll get married and they'll maintain their virginity and then they'll they'll or they'll maintain their virginity or or not try and uh be super promiscuous before they get married and then they'll get married and they feel like you know, after they've had their kids or five years down the road or 10 years down the road, they feel like they've missed out in a big way. And they start looking to the other people. Years. Yeah. They start looking to other people, other guys for emotional connection, and they're much more likely to start kind of having a wandering eye. So I, I think for that That's, reason, it's probably yeah. better if they have a little bit of experience. I think so, it's nature. Yeah. Plain yeah. old nature. Yeah. Just to argue for a second, why does it matter if they've been over 100? What's wrong with that? Oh, I, are you talking about for LTR, like having children? Like what are we talking well, about? Here? We'd have to change your name from DTC oh, to no, STD. No, I mean, no, I mean if they're just <laughs> no, if they're just your girlfriend, and you're just sleeping with them, and it doesn't that doesn't yeah. really make a difference. Like if that's if just it's you're saying a if a relationship, no one cares. Yeah, what I'm saying is that they're not necessarily LTR material, and here's why: mm-hmm. is because you've got all of this other social conditioning that a hundred different guys just to use your number hundred different guys have put into their mind that you have to unprogram nah and girls are very easy to reprogram i i think it, like i've been with girls have, who've had if you have like they yeah yeah if you if you that's my whole point is that yeah. i'm under the impression that you can take any girl who's doing any i mean i could find a girl who's goth and turn her into a jesus freak i can do whatever i want man once you find a girl and they are addicted to you they do whatever you want i have girls who have their yeah. full right wing and then all of a sudden they go left wing whatever you want they can do that it doesn't really matter i don't really it care comes about down to frame. Guys. yeah and this is one of the frame. things we were just talking about it's the, it's the next to the last bullet it's it's the opposite of this, really. We talked about this in the frame video where women are uh, are the are the fluid, and they will take the shape of the cup that you present. Mm-hmm. If you've got I, outstanding frame, not everybody does. I mean, I mean, think about it. The girl that I married was with a lot of dudes. She was like a pro, basically, and I turned her into a housewife, and she was very well behaved. And then obviously things turned south, but until she wasn't, yeah. Until she wasn't. I mean, she had mental problems. The worst of all examples. It's not a great example, but my point is, at least she wasn't a hoe anymore. She wasn't out banging dudes. That's my point. Like, she's crazy still, but she wasn't out banging dudes at least. Yeah, as opposed to my ex, who definitely was, because I was a huge pussy. Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. We've learned. Yeah, that was one of the things I did well. I was yeah. good at sex, and I had lots of sex. That never changed. So if she wanted to cheat, it was because she really wanted to just get rid of me and just nuke the whole marriage. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully, the guys listening to this are uh, going to benefit from our experience. 
Oh, totally. Yeah. That's, that's, that's my biggest thing. I hope you guys are learning from our mistakes so you don't repeat them. But then you can also learn from our successes and learn to repeat them and, and replicate mm-hmm. them. You know, the other, the other thing I love about this, uh, this conversation that we're having is we're not all just nodding our heads in agreement with each other. I actually, I love that you guys are, are going back and forth and, and taking a different approach on these ideas. Yeah, it's fun to just argue a little bit too and be contrarian. That's the role I love to play. Yeah, uh, look, there's yeah. space for a lot of different ideas in the think tank. Of right. mm-hmm. uh, my pers- my perspective on this is is been pretty consistent. That women with a lot of uh, with a high end count are problematic because then you are competing against the highlight reel, not necessarily all of the data, but just the top echelon of data. That's where it becomes a problem. Yeah, they now, try if you to become the best that she's ever had, so to speak, that's great, and it actually does boost your ego, and I can understand that. But uh, what happens when you don't? Yeah. Then you get better. It's just another wow. indicator that says you're not good enough, bro. Get to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It just yeah. is. Get to work. And I don't see a problem with that if you're in it for just dating and, and hooking up and all that. But if you are screening for relationships, then you're going to come up short where – that lack of experience on her part would be in your favor. So you're not fighting an uphill battle in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't even have to define quote unquote what a relationship is. I've been in relationships for multiple, you know, multiple women for periods of time. So I don't really know what that means, but in terms of the general sense of like getting married and having kids, like, yeah, totally. There are different buckets you put people in. If you're going to, yeah. if you're going to move in with a girl and live with her, that's a massive investment. And you probably want to have oh, some yeah. parameters set up that are be beneficial for you. Well, we'll say this, though, just kind of to finish this thought off. You being crappy is no excuse or, uh, yeah, the shortcut of her being inexperienced is an excuse for you to be shitty and not do the work. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's Yeah, don't see it as a shortcut. Well, you know, you don't have to work on yourself. Just find some girl who's a virgin who's never going to know any different. Nah, it doesn't work that oh, way. You still got a trainer, dude. <laughs> Yeah, still otherwise gotta, she's gonna disappear. She's yeah. very unhappy. She's still got a trainer. She's just gonna lay there. Yeah. Well, you still <laughs> gotta be the uh, be the cup. All right. So for those who are on the podcast, we actually had a few bullets here. I'm just gonna really quickly summarize them. And this is the: Do you have one itis? You know, are you taking a binary approach, which is that Madonna whore complex, the splitting defense mechanism? Do you have an obsessive need for approval, which Mike was rightly to point out? You know, are you turning in your homework? Do you have fears of abandonment? Are you expecting your relationship to fix your bad frame? The corollary to this is oftentimes you'll see women want to have a kid to fix a bad relationship. It doesn't work that way. Uh, and then lastly, do you struggle with being alone? I don't, I don't think we actually talked about that one. you got to no, be we, okay with being on your own. I, I think I touched on it with the whole, like, if your girlfriend walks in and you're nervous all of a sudden, like, then you're out of your frame. That's a bad That's a bad thing. But the way that, that I took – that I meant this bullet is – uh, look, especially if you're dating somebody and you can't go a couple days without talking to them and everything falls, falls apart for you mentally because you are relying on their approval. You are relying on that little dopamine hit of them saying, oh, good morning, sweetie. I love you or whatever they're saying to you. Uh, and, and that's all great stuff and that's fine. But if you can't go a day without that, meaning like, hey, I'm going to go camping. I'm going to turn my phone off, whatever it is. Like, like hey, honey, I'm going to be off the grid for a day just a day or two days or a weekend or whatever it is if you're flipping out because you just i just want to text her i just want to talk to her just want to hear from her i just need to hear her voice then let me t- let me tell you you got you absolutely have one itis i can honestly say i've never been that bad i've been the opposite or on the receding end of that you disappear for a day and it's like your phone blows up. Oh yeah, they're blowing you up for sure. That's, I think that's a good uh, a good cue right there that you're doing it right. Yeah, if they have, well, okay. There's there's two ways to there's there's two possibilities there. So number one is they call you and they really miss you and they're looking forward to seeing you again and that's all well mm-hmm. and good. But the second thing, the second possibility is if they call you or text you. And it is give me attention right now, and I'm angry at you for leaving me alone. <laughs> and all hell breaks loose, and they can't function. Then that's that's just hamstering. That's that's really bit like don't don't foster that in your relationship. Mm. That's not okay. All right. Uh, let's see. So that was. Do you have one itis? 
I like this next slide. Mm-hmm. One-itis actually is insecurity. It's insecurity, neuroticism, desperation, and neediness. Mm-hmm. And a, uh, quick, a quick caveat here. A lot of guys confuse this or, or conflate it with depression. It's uh, there's two different things. And especially as DTC said, when you're at the end of a relationship and she leaves you and you go, you say to yourself, how could I possibly go on without this woman? If you are, if you're experiencing a general feeling of worthlessness, low energy, low drive, loss of interest for any normal everyday activities, like you don't even care that eat that much or go work out or talk to people. If you've got uh, this this real emptiness, then that guys, that's depression. That's a much more serious thing that you got going on. You need to talk to a professional. But if you're just, yeah, if you're just whining about your ex who left you, who really all, all that wasn't all that great to begin with, just go out with your buddies, have a beer, go date some other women. We'll talk about how to troubleshoot that. That's coming up next. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we lost ETC. No, I'm here. Oh, here okay. I mean, uh, we're there. I saw it muted. You don't want to hear uh, me, man. I'm out making drinks and rustling up things. You don't want to hear that on the mic. He's, he's peeing right now is what he's doing. Do you have any thoughts on this one? This is actually a good slide. The insecurity, the neuroticism, desperation, the neediness. The neediness, I think everybody's been there. The insecurity, for sure. Desperation, some, probably most. The neuroticism, I'm not sure how you would describe that in the context of the one-itis, except for what you talked about before with the uh, going away for the, uh, what do you call it, the slide before. with If you go and you go no contact and you need the attention, mm-hmm. you need the feedback, you need the contact, that need, that, that's the neuroticism I see. Here's, the, here's I, how I mean neuroticism. Yeah. If, you, if she has taken up a lot of real estate in your head and you're wondering, like, is she happy with me? Is she not happy with me? Is she, is she really want to be close to me right now? Does she not want to be close to me? Like why, if you're, if you're constantly anxious and doubting her intentions or wondering what her, you know, what are you thinking about? Like, Mm. Hey babe, what's going on in your head? If that's constant, I know guys that are like that, right? Inside their mind, that internal dialogue. And it's not, not only is it unhealthy, like guys, that's, that's, it's, it's unhealthy for you. It's unhealthy for anybody to be in that position. But that's especially unattractive to women if a guy's doing that. Well, all four of these are. And yeah. the way you've described yeah. it, I would say neuroticism is an amalgamation of the other three. Yeah. Or it's an expression so. of the other three. Mm-hmm. And if you, if I don't know if you pull up the definition of codependency, if you're going to find these four bullets, but damn near, you're going to find them. It's, again, it's the, the overlap is ridiculous. One-itis, I, would, I, yep. I think in almost all cases is caused by someone who is insecure, which causes codependency. They need mm-hmm. someone else to define who they are and that they're valuable. And that causes desperation. That causes neediness. That causes neuroticism. Yeah. And that insecurity is so, so terrible. It's just bad. The codependency also episode, I think I put it in the uh, one of the other earlier slides. That's RPU a great episode. episode 209, codependency and I forget the other part, ego, something or other. The link's in the description. Go watch it. It's a good one. Uh, yeah, it's a great one. And, and just to, to kind of put mm-hmm. in the, a, a pin in the end of this, um, if, oh, man, I just lost my train of thought. Well, I'll, it'll come back to me. Pins and needles. All right. Yeah, right. Uh, so yeah, moving on. So this was, you know, what one itis really is when you, when you boil it down, it's these four qualities and they're not attractive qualities. Believe me. So how do you fix it? Well, we got a few options for you here. Travel, reconnect with friends, start some new hobbies and resume old ones. Speaking of, uh, if you guys have not joined the fraternity, we are starting up our activities. We're doing events. We've got one coming up this Friday. We've got another one coming up next month. Down in Florida, we are international. We are an international organization with chapters all around the planet. So, link is in the description. Stop on by. You can uh, check out the public area, kick the tires. And if you want to join the private community, participate in our private events, uh, head on over to uh, the Patreon. Link is in the description. Yep. So, travel and reconnect with what's that? Oh, I was just picking up where you left off. Uh, yeah. Start new hobbies and resume old ones. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, have things that are that are your own that are only of interest to you. I mean, you should if you're in a relationship and all of your interests are her interests and you gave up all the things that you like to do on your own or never had anything that you like to do on your own. Guys, another big red flag. Go get some hobbies of your own. Start in the gym with lifting weights if you're not doing that. If you're not doing that, then you're you're well, well behind the curve. You should go back to RPU one and start reading those. You shouldn't be watching this live stream. Um, but also, you know, figure out your mission. Figure out the things that are fulfilling to you for your career, uh, or whether it's entrepreneurship, whether that's investing. That's a big, you know, topic. Uh, not to get on the finance pill, but we we uh, we want you to have something that's constructive, that's your own, because it's good and healthy for you, and it yeah. takes you out of the mindset of having you know to rent free somebody's living in your head all day you get to have something for yourself you get to spend time doing that and then guess what when you go back to having that per when you go back to connecting with that other person because you want them in your life then it's good then you appreciate it for what it is because you're not just staring at them all day or talking mm. to them all day yeah to so when I got divorced, I mean, I was already doing this anyway, but it caused a lot of strife in my marriage. When you have friends, when you have hobbies, when you have a career, your wife is, or your LTR, whatever, they're going to give you shit about that because they're going to want your time and attention and you will get shit tests for it. And they will try and take you off your game. They'll try and get you to not go to the gym. They'll try and get you to sleep in and go to brunch instead of going to train jujitsu, like whatever it is that you're doing, they are going to take you off your game and try and take you away from your stuff to also to see if you're congruent. Do you actually care about this stuff or are you just saying you care about this stuff? Like what Classic are you really what are you really into? Yeah. And once they check and like, oh, he actually does care about this stuff. Yeah, he goes now to the gym every you. day. He goes and to the they gym respect every you. And I get shit tested when I don't go. So like I made it a, an effort not to talk about what I'm going to do. I will just do I will talk about what I've already done, but I make it an, a a point to not tell people what I'm going to do, which is really helpful. Mm -hmm. Yes, as but, a man, yeah. if you make an assertion, expect it to get tested. Absolutely. Yeah. So, like, I, I currently now, yeah. I, I, I purposefully tell the women that I'm dating, I have things that I'm doing and I'm busy. So don't expect my time and attention all the time. And if you start with that, it's going to give you a lot of leverage in the relationship. Whereas if you're married and you find the red pill and now all of a sudden you're going to start a new hobby and you're going to get a new friend group and you're going to try and disconnect from your wife completely or your LTR, you're going to have a real hard time doing that. And it's going to probably be nuclear shit tests. So you have to be careful with that. Ask me. Um, but if I you're know. a guy, yeah, yeah, totally. So you should be having these things. And when girls meet you, they should already be under the assumption that you're a busy person, that you have hobbies, you have friends and you're not accessible at all times, which also frees you up to have, you know, multiple relationships because they don't have, uh, you know, they don't own your time. Yes. Yeah. Women want to be women want to have the attention of a guy who doesn't need them, but wants them. Right. And has a lot of other <laughs> high value stuff going on. It's called the Prince Charming theory. I think we've talked about this in an early episode. Yeah. Not, and we'll yeah. Talk about it afterwards. I, that's a theory that I've, I've talked about ad nauseum before. This is critical too. I, I have a guy that I know and every single night he hangs out with his wife and does nothing and never goes anywhere. And it honestly, it just makes her depressed because she doesn't, she's like, well, you don't have a life. How, how can I respect you? She doesn't say that, yep. but it ends up just being the same thing all the time. And just girls clear, actually, are you, you're not talking about me. I hope. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> Your situation is different. You get a pass. Yeah, wife's pregnant. Yeah. So all there is to do yeah, is around all day anyway. And yeah. there's COVID, so you don't get to go. Anywhere. So this is Square. this is totally different. Yeah. But my, yeah. my point is, if girls know that you literally have nothing to do, that's that's not a good look. Like they don't want that. They want you to have your own life and that you're busy and you're doing stuff. You know, because that. Yeah. So this is what I tell girls: Listen, I can't be with you all the time because if mm -hmm. I was, you wouldn't like the version of me that you got. So I'm going to go out and I'm going to lift weights. I'm going to do the things that I have to do, which is going to make me happy, which means now I can give to you. So it's really simple. If DTC is happy, everyone's happy. So you want DTC happy because if I don't get to lift weights, guess what? I'm going to be an effing maniac and you're not going <laughs> to like me. So I keep the world safe by lifting heavy things and fighting people. And if I don't have time to do that, now I don't like you. So what would you prefer? Me, a person who likes you and is happy and is full of energy and light and I can bring good things to you or someone who's drained and miserable and nasty to be around who just wants to stare in front of a TV with you? Who would you prefer? Good points. And I just want to circle back around to something we said earlier too. With the whole Kung Flu situation, there's no excuse to not take the green pill and develop your finances and kind of test the waters with entrepreneurship. 
And getting back to the private community, we've got all of this stuff under the sun. It's been a pretty fun ride that we, since we've started the uh, the finance challenge. Hey, you guys really have some relatively fun. intelligent people there, right? It's crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. A lot of guys are making money. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, like Joe will come on YouTube and be like, "Actually, we have mentors, guys that are really good at this stuff." We, mm-hmm. g- gentlemen, we have investment bankers, and we have guys that day trade. You know, uh, at the level of somebody, you know, at the level of finance that most of us are not at, and really have a yeah. level of expertise with trading and investments that uh, are, are on par with a professional level. One of the guys had enough money he could yolo one percent of his income. What was it? I don't even know how much it was. It was like one hundred ten thousand dollars, I think. Right? Yeah, he just yolos. Yeah, what the hell? One hundred ten thousand yep. in the game. If stock. I, we'll if see we what lose it, it's not going to crush me. Yeah, no yeah. big deal. So yeah, there's there's some high net with with net worth individuals that we're playing with that uh, who've taught us a thing or two. But people that so. know the people that know the investment mm-hmm. world and people that know the business world and understand like if you're going to invest in a company, how to evaluate it. Really cool ideas and yeah. and I, I'm learning a lot from those guys. Yeah, Fox Alpha man, he uh, he put me on to some interesting investment opportunities as a seed investor. That was interesting. We'll talk about nice. that after the show. Uh, but getting into the bullets here, what do we have left? Uh, focusing on the career in entrepreneurship, this is one I kind of – DTC and I have talked about this before, and we kind of share this bullet, this mindset. The best way to get over one woman is to get under many more. Mm-hmm. And it tracks my philosophy that if you're getting – if you catch yourself getting one-itis, split your attention. And now it can be hobbies. It can be uh, entrepreneurship. It can be multiple women. This is where you get into plate theory, spinning plates. It, it, it's a godsend. I, it's it's really helped me break out of the traditional mold of what we we're talking about before. I used to be really bad with uh, uh, getting tunnel vision on one person, and it's just it's just too much attention, too much one eye, too much. It's just too heavy. But as soon as you split your attention across many people individually, it's just right. And you got to find mm-hmm. out that the vision, what level is right for you. And when I was dividing it, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll fully admit uh, seven plates for me, six, seven plates was too many. When I narrowed it down to about three to four, perfect. So your mileage may vary. Figure out what works best for you as an individual. Yeah. If you, again, if you have not dated more than one woman at a time ever, I recommend trying it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't have plates. I have like, fake girlfriends so it's it's too many two is basically too many (laughs) dtc doesn't have girlfriends he just has women in his life who would be very upset if he said if he heard them say she's not my girlfriend (laughs) yeah oh god i have so many stories about that happening save that for the after show yeah stored in the private community we'll talk about that later uh so next bullet no contact after your breakup i can't tell you how important this is. If you guys are attached on social media, break that shit. Uh, if you got a box of keepsakes, toss that shit in the trash. Have some buddies over, get some beers, burn it. If you got a plant, if you got a plant, you kill it. <laughs> Take that goldfish, that. put it in a blender. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Don't do it. No, it's, <laughs> I, it's like, I can like, hear it right now. Somebody's like, ah. Yeah, no, that's yeah. no. Uh I, I if I had a dollar for every guy on TRP yeah. that was like I went back to my one-itis or I, I went to go talk to her again. These are women, in a lot of cases, they're women that these guys yeah. have never even had sex with, were never yeah, dating. Right? And it's like, oh, I, I went, you know, I reached out to her again just because I was hoping that she'd send some attention my way. Guys, if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, like, <sighs> I might be retired by now. Yeah, it's, 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 and none of them, they, I, let me tell you how many times they've gone back and they were happy with themselves or happy with the result. It's a zero, zero, zero. It's, I understand why they do it. It gets back to what we talked about before, the addiction, the dopamine, all that. It's a mess. Mm-hmm. There's no easy fixes. So you've got to really develop yourself and develop your frame, get that, uh, that mental point of origin, as Mike likes to say. you got to and get your head straight is what it comes down to. Another important piece, too, is that that woman saw you at your gayest version and the worst version of who you are and now she remembers that and all the good things you do are actually forgotten so the worst version of you is what she has remembered in her head and so now when you go back to that girl 
you're going in an uphill battle. You're rolling a boulder up a hill and it's not going to be easy. And Rolo has one of his iron rules. You know, it's way easier to invest into a new relationship than to invest into an old one that's already in the garbage. Because when you go digging through the garbage, it's embarrassing. Your neighbor's going to see that shit. Like, don't yeah. do that. Respect yourself a little bit more than go digging through the garbage. Just stop. I love DTC cool yeah. and Rolo's iron rules. I love that. <laughs> That's something they said that there there are strategies for recovering, but it's a long road you got to do. It, yeah. Oh yeah. No, the rule work you got to do. It's a long process. It's it's just you're better off just developing new prospects. The iron rule doesn't say yeah. you have to go dumper and go find a new woman. It just says it's like going to be a lot harder, which means you can't be angry at a situation that you created if she still mm-hmm. thinks you're a huge homo. Hmm. And I think that, yeah, that takes us to the end of the night. I think we hit our quota too. On all, no you know, saying stuff, we got to delete. <laughs> we, can go, we can bleep a couple of things if we want to. This was actually a better uh, episode than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's, yeah, it was great. Well, it is uh, coming up on uh, one hour. Let's go ahead and end it here. If you, you guys final uh, have thoughts? It, final thoughts. Yeah, let's go ahead and do some final thoughts on this. DTC, what do you got? One-itis is crippling, and it's painful, and it's horrible. And I I hope that none of you ever have it, but every one of you will have it. That's the worst part, is we're all going to get it. it doesn't it does, There's no shot that you're not going to get it. It's going to happen. And when it does happen, it's your job to recognize that it's happening and figure out how to get out of it just like depression or just like anything else. You need to be mindful of what's going on and you need to check yourself. And when you get into a relationship with a new girl, you need to be thinking the whole time. Do not get one-itis. Do not get one-itis. Do not get one-itis because it's terrible for you. It destroys your relationship and it destroys you as a man. Don't let it happen. Be vigilant. Uh, Pay attention to that. (laughs) Mike, any other thoughts? I think that's pretty good. I I, I would say, you know, she... (laughs) I... There's this saying, it's it's pretty crass, uh, <laughs> so I'll just warn you guys ahead of time. But in order to keep kind of a level head, one of the things I, I used to I used to be a, in the fire department, one of the things my captain said is like, they're all whores but your mother. And I think that's pretty harsh, but I think one of the takeaways I got out of that was like DTC said earlier, these are just people at the end of the day. Like they're you know, running around making messes in their house, and go, you know, pooping and all kinds of stuff. Like women are not these special, fantastical creatures. They're just another human being on the end of that other end of that relationship. And so um, I don't, you know, I, I don't advocate looking at them like that or, or looking at them or like all women are whores or anything like that. My point is uh, women like a lot of the same things we do. Women like sex, women like uh, to be attracted to guys and if you're that if you're that guy that doesn't need them in your life but you want a particular woman in your life just because you want her there and she provides some kind of value to you i think that's a lot healthier place than being in a space of being neediness for every guy prescriptively yeah and slight caveat to what you said mike uh, all women are whores including your mom and mine i mean <laughs> yeah. all moms are whores too like the reason your grandmama she had those uh, like <laughs> Those plastic things on our couch, it's because she was a squirter. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Hey, there it goes. Goodbye, monetization. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Boom. Yep. Oh. Well, I think we've was... covered all of the high points on this one that for sure. Uh, yeah. I think you guys have already covered all the major stuff. So come on over for the after show. We'll do a little uh, QA session, just BS. And I uh, hope to see you guys there. <laughs>